Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of All Documented, All True. I'm Sean. I want you to join me as my two friends, Joe and Mike, research and teach us about the unexplainable events, conspiracies, and just plain weird tales that have been documented since the beginning of time. So put on your tinfoil hats, take a big old hit of that chemtrail, put out the garlic for Bigfoot, <laughs> boot up that large Hadron Collider you'll ha you have in the basement, and most importantly, enjoy. I will now pass the show over to our two hosts and experts, Joe and Mike, as they open up dossier number four on, four. on my guess, uh, James Cameron is using dead people's names and information to fucking inflate the ticket sales of Avatar movies. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... It's possible. Fact. There's, no, there's nothing to talk about. <laughs> That's all. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. That's the end of the video forever. Dude, can right, I, can I so just what offer... dossier four on? Oh, yeah, I just I just want to harken back. Um, first off, that was a great written intro. That was. Uh, nice, nice job. And I, I appreciate that. Very well done. Uh, Bigfoot and the garlic. I feel I feel there's only a very small group of people that will understand this reference. I am I am demanding, and I don't know who I'm demanding because I I I mean you know I have a say in this, but I'm demanding a Bigfoot episode where we highlight his love and passion for garlic. Oh yeah, we have. Wait, to. who who said he likes garlic? Like no one can okay. show proof okay. that he let's, exists, let's, but yet they know what his like top thing to eat is. Like he's let's just, get uh, off the rails. Let's get let's, off the rails right now. Fucking Italian Sasquatch. <laughs> me, me and Paul watched this show. I, I believe it was just called Is It Real? And episode one is on Bigfoot. And there is a woman who's like, uh, of course he's real. He knocks on my door every day and asks for garlic. And then drew a picture of him, not Bigfoot, knocking on his door, knocking on her door with his hands out and her giving him garlic. I, I she, also know the, she also <laughs> fucked him, right? Uh I don't believe it's the same lady, but there are, there are oh. people who, who have claimed that. Yeah. Oh, I would love to see the uh, first encounter. Like, how does she know right off the bat when he goes like this that he wants garlic? Like, that could be anything. <laughs> the same with the UFOs and uh, oh, he, he must need garlic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At least what's his name got him water. This lady was like, true. <laughs> he must want garlic. <laughs> <laughs> Probably killed the only Bigfoot in existence. <laughs> Hopefully he had his EpiPen on him. Holy <laughs> shit, that would be the best. Uh, so, uh, Sean, uh, do you have an actual guess for this week, what, what you think we might be talking uh, about? No, of course not. I, 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 All right. <laughs> I, I, it could be anything. It could be anything. And, and so far, we're four episodes in, and I've only really heard of one thing, and that was You'll, very vaguely. I think you definitely have heard of this because this one takes place close to home, like literally a couple miles from where are we, we talking about? Up. Are we talking about the like little people world? <laughs> no, no, no. That's in, we are not. No, that's in Naugatuck. Yeah, me and Paul we went there. About... I think I went there with Joe too. <laughs> we did. We did. We they had that about... throne that was supposed to be cursed, and you like. Put my nuts on just, and pissed yeah, on it. Rub, still alive. Ball sack all over it. <laughs> Supposed to die in seven years, but I'm still yeah. kicking. That, that was pretty nuts. Uh, ah. uh, but no, we are doing, since it is October, we're taking a little break from the aliens, and we are doing 
the true case that inspired the haunting in Connecticut. The smash it movie when it also had a dude. Had, had, I think it was kind of a hit, but it had the sequel, A Haunting in Connecticut 2, Ghost that, of Georgia, which is like my favorite fucking thing <laughs> of all time. I, I love how it's <laughs> Haunting in Connecticut 2, but it's not in Connecticut. It's in Georgia. Why would it just be called The Haunting in Georgia? And by the way, if it, you called it The Haunting in Georgia, like everyone would get it. Like, like <laughs> right. people would 100%. be like, oh, they're doing the next state. That's sick. They could keep doing different states. But you, could, you have 50 movies at your... <laughs> you literally just do it for each state. America, Georgia. Ridiculous. Um, yeah. So this took place on your end of town, buddy. Didn't it? it it's did. what? It, South, it, South Meriden Road? Um, <laughs> well, yes, it is. It is Meriden Avenue. Not, uh, All right. Meriden Avenue in Southington. It's actually two minutes from my current house, and I drove by it the other day. It took, uh, I was some trying pictures, not to say that, mic. but that's okay. What, the actual ad? Oh, oh, oh my house? It, the name of your town. Come at me. You <laughs> fucking <Okay>. nerds. <laughs> <laughs> More for the FBI, uh, but yes. <laughs> yeah, it's shot. They already know. Um, <laughs> but no. Meriden Avenue in Southington. Maybe five minutes from me. Maybe 50 minutes. Who's to say? But I did drive by it the other day and took some pictures to Mike. Um, you know what? I'm just going to come out and say it. The house is fucking haunted. <laughs> <laughs> no, people were driving. A lot of people were driving to it when the movie came out. Yeah, I mean, we used to drive by it all the time in high school because it was right down the street that my parents' house was uh, off of. And, I mean, it didn't – I mean, it just looked like a normal house. It, it became an issue in the town after the movie came out because, like, oh. there was just a line of traffic. Like, going Yeah, the neighbors, the neighbors fucking hated everyone. Which uh, – it is a very – I mean, it's not a busy road as – It's not the most convenient road to just pull over and take pictures on. No, no, I pulled over and took pictures to send to Mike, and I was like, I'm going to get fucking railed from behind. Like, there's <laughs> a, Cars are just going to like plow right through me. So I can't imagine people traveling to go see it. So just get railed, baby. Um, all right. So <laughs> a haunting in Connecticut – I, I'm excited because I, I mean, Mike just said you guys w- went and visited in high school. I don't even think I knew about this case um, until. Wait, you never saw the uh, the shitty movie that came out about it? No, the ha- the haunting in Connecticut, or is there two? There's there was there was like a documentary style movie um, that, that, was that came like out when we were in high school or something. Discovery yeah. Channel. That was my first exposure to this, and I do have to say, for you know, documentary style TV specials. It was genuinely creepy. Well, and like, well, technically, it's it's part of the show called A Haunting, but that episode was A Haunting in Connecticut. And that was while we go. were in high school? Yeah, it was 2002. And then they came out with the uh, like the big budget movie in 2009 Okay, that literally followed nothing that happened in the house. <laughs> no, good to know. I will just close. There, were, there were ghosts, but that's about it. <laughs> and, and, and uh, you know, kind of the circle back uh, – or I, not circle back because we didn't say anything about it. But to, to go back before we go any further, uh, to those listening, this is one we're doing like the the heavy hitters and then the smaller ones. So this is this yeah. is kind of a smaller one, more of a a contained story. Let's uh, face it, they're all going to be like an hour and a half. They're all going to be an hour and a half. Somehow. Yeah, listen to us rambling already. We're <laughs> <laughs> talking about Bigfoot. I was actually I haven't even introduced the family members. Where you were like, I just like to circle back to Bigfoot for a second. <laughs> 
Oh, Bigfoot's involved. <laughs> no, he's not, is he? Hunter, he lived in the attic. Oh, fuck. <laughs> um, and I do want to give props to Mike. You know, Mike, uh, hopefully you're feeling better from last time. And Mike really, Mike really took the the realm or the reins here and, and uh, did a lot of research and watched a lot of fucking news <laughs> clips. So fun. <laughs> Dude, and, and Mike, we'll get we'll get into some of the interviews later, but yeah, it was fun. Mike, a lot of people wished you well. I did not pass along the messages, but I am right now. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I was I was good like 20 minutes later. There were so many people that were like, let Mike know. And I was like, okay. And you should have just oh, you should have just told me to stay offline and then just told everyone I was dead. <laughs> I mean surprise little stream of prank coming back to haunt your next episode people, people just ne- falling in love with mike recently and only for him to fake his own death that'd be brilliant brilliant performance <laughs> all right um all right so let's uh let's let's kick it off kick it off mike you, you, you... all right so we're going back the summer of June 1986. We're digging your scene by the Blow Monkeys just came out. We have, we have. thing. Yeah, yeah. It's it's an actual fact. I looked it up before. Digging your right. scene no. by the Blow Monkeys, bro. He's right. <laughs> Look at this music video. What? What? Wait, wait, right. Right. No. wait, wait. Time out. What year is this again? I'm sorry. 19, 1986 in June. Okay. Everyone's having a pretty good year, except for Philip Snedeker, who just found a pea-sized lump on his neck. He goes to the doctor. The doctor's like, look, we have to give this a biopsy, and we'll call you back in about a week later. So a week later, that following Monday, him and his mom are sitting by the phone when it rings, and the doctor's like, look. I've got some good news and I got some bad news. The good news is I got your results. The bad news is you got cancer and you're going to die in six months. <laughs> Yo, what an open. What an open. Unless, <laughs> I was like getting ready for it to be like, we don't know what it is. Oh, the unless you undergo the good, news, the good news is they have the results. <laughs> If a doctor ever said that to me, I'd drive to the office, throw him through the window. <laughs> I know, right? So, <laughs> but if you undergo a bunch of like radical chemo treatments, you can probably fight it off and live like a lot longer. So they decide to do that. Unfortunately, the hospital they need to go to is the Yukon Medical Facility in Southington, Connecticut, and they live in upstate New York. So it's like a 306. Sorry. Uh, can I just inter- interrupt you for one second? Um, just want to point out that Philip is 14 years old at this time. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, I was okay. gonna ask that. I was gonna ask that because I was about to like shit on him a little bit, but uh, I, now that's fucking awful. <laughs> Wait till the end of the story and you can. Um, <laughs> no, I was gonna make a joke. Like all these stories involve like much older men like hanging out with their moms, like just waiting for the phones to ring and shit. But yeah. <laughs> Phil, Phil know, is this, 14. What else are you going to do yeah, in 1986? Phil's 14 listening to the Blow Monkeys. Got it. <laughs> well, I didn't say he was listening to them. I just said they came out with a song. Who, who was it? 1986, <laughs> who's not listening to the Blow Monkeys? <laughs> he probably was. So um, let's see here. Uh, every day they'd have to do like a 306-mile trip, which would just absolutely drain him because he's doing um, chemo. So the mom is like, look, I'm going to talk to your – like." Uh, the dad and I just totally spaced. 
Yeah, talk to uh, the family, have like a little powwow and talk about getting a rental property up in Connecticut. But the problem was they were kind of on a tight budget. So the mom went up there, checked a bunch of different places. A lot of the landlords were like, no, get fucking lost. We're not having a family with four like unruly kids come in and just tear the place up. So at this point, she's getting ready to just like pack her shit in and just leave. When she sees a for rent sign on this really nice house, she goes in, she talks to the landlord and he's like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. You can move in. But there's something I should tell you, like the house used to be a funeral home, which was the Hallahan funeral home from 1930 to 1980. And she's like, nah, it's fine. My kids won't mind. So she goes home. They pack their shit up. She is like, we'll move in. Sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You just think this shit only happens in movies, but there are people that are like, there's an abandoned funeral home you can live in. And people are like, oh, all right. Sounds fucking good. Like, so, it, <laughs> so Sean, Paul and I work for this guy. Um, I'm not going to say his real name, but he was all about saving a dollar. And there was a very gruesome murder in our I town, a, a, a murder suicide. And like the day after it happened, that guy was like, I bet that property is going to be dirt cheap. And then he just like went after it immediately before they were even like done cleaning it up and put an offer in on the house and got it for dirt cheap. And wait, was that still like, lives um, there to this day? <laughs> wait, was that like 2014 or was that way before? No, it was, it was before that. Uh, oh, gotcha. Mid-2000s. Gotcha. Yeah. So yeah, people, people do that, man. I know. Nuts. All right. Sorry. So, um, yeah, so they got the house and she wanted to get everything ready before everyone moved down. So she went there on some of the weekends and one of the weekends she was mopping up the floor and all of a sudden all of the water turned to like, like thick blood. And she's like, this is weird. So she called in the carpenter who was in the other room. The carpenter took one look at it and just bolted for the door. And the mom, Carmen, was just like, eh, it's an old house. These things happen. So she just like ignored it. And then uh, grabbed her kids, and they all moved in. And upon moving in, the second Philip went into uh, the house, he's like, this place is evil. We need to go. Something bad is really going to happen. And she's just like, you sound like an asshole. Just shut up. Just shut up. <laughs> so, so she ignores I think, I, I think him. Mike's, I think Mike's paraphrasing. A bit. <laughs> what a fucking guy. I don't know. She's, she's a horrible person. But I don't disagree. I don't disagree. Uh, can I just can I just say, Mike? Uh, before before they moved in, before Philip said this place, I don't I don't know. If you mentioned I think you said gurney, but um, they found toe tags, hoisting apparatuses for coffins Aww. still left oh, in the house, uh, medical gurneys, blood drains, all this shit was still left in the basement. Coffin lifts that raises bodies from the lower floor up to the like the upper floor. Yep. Yep. Well, I mean, technically, dude, that's after they moved in. They found this well, is the, a, the this is a horror it. movie. This is a fucking horror movie. <laughs> Yeah, it's like it reminded me of Amityville, you know, when they go into the basement and they're like, oh, shit, there's a fucking wall here that we didn't notice before. It has, you know, decaying corpses and a portal to another world. (laughs) Well, I mean, Uh, also looking at the house last week, uh, there's no way that stuff's still not there. There's just no way. (laughs) Like, if you saw it, you'd know exactly what I mean. Like, that that stuff's still there. That stuff's still sitting in the basement. That's amazing. So, um, 
Yeah, when they moved in, unfortunately, the dad had to stay back and work. So he'd be in upstate New York during the weekdays. Then he'd come back for the weekends. So the first year they lived um, kind of without like incident, nothing like too crazy going on. I mean, all the kids would constantly report seeing things like keep telling the mom like, hey, something's going on. We're seeing things flying around. Things are moving. People are like talking to us. And the mom's like, no, they're not. You're all insane. You're just shut up. Just shut up. So Carmen calls her niece named uh, Tammy and she's like, Hey, come live with me. We got plenty of space. Everything's good here. No problem at all. So she moves in just because um, her uh, family is going through like a rough divorce. So Carmen kind of felt bad for her and was like, just come here. You can watch after Phil if he needs any help or help me out with the kids. We'll give you a place to live. And so she moved in uh, so Phil, Mike, right there. Right there, I'm just going to stop you. Um, I think we should just do a quick run-through of the actual family members' names. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't get confused. So Carmen, as you know, uh, she's the mom. Alan is the dad. Philip is the oldest son. We have Alan Jr., who's the brother. We have Bradley, who's a brother. We have a sister. Who, I have a fucking headache. Who, who, no, well, it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse because her sister's name, uh, we can't really find much information on, and it seems to change. Checked. Every interview you can't find it. So take that so for what you will. <laughs> Don't you want to make up a name for her? Um, we'll just call her Sis because there's no... Uh, yeah, I was going to say just call her Sister. Uh, and then we have Tammy, the niece, and we have Kimberly, the niece. So they have they have a large family. There's a lot of people involved with this. Okay. And, um, you know, want to put that out there. So if you hear us just saying names, that's who it is. So Carmen, mom, Alan, dad, Philip's son, Alan, brother, Bradley, brother, no name sister, Tammy Denise, Kimberly Denise. All right. So Phil and Bradley, the younger brother, had rooms in the basement because Carmen's like, Phil like it down there. He's close to death anyway. So they're down there and they constantly keep telling them, like, hey, <laughs> we are seeing. <laughs> I mean, so they, they, they moved them into a fucking funeral home, dude. Like that. It, Great point. Even, Great Mike, point. Like what Mike's saying is like, yeah, it, like two uh, two normal ears were like, oh lord. But it's like they this were, must the have gone through her like, head. We should point. move into a place of death. Imagine <laughs> know, right? being Philip, being like, man, I hope I pull this out, and your family is like, go. Your bed is now the coffin strap. So when it happens, it'll just be easier for us to. Look, we know the doctor said you only have six months left to live, but we don't want you to worry about dying. But we did just get a new house. It's a funeral home. So that should take your mind off. (laughs) Yeah, don't think about death. (laughs) (laughs) So so the two brothers constantly said, like, we kind of feel like every um, that people are just watching us. They'd see things through. There were like French doors. Their rooms were in the North Coffin Room and the South Coffin Room. And then across from the South Coffin room was a pair of like French doors that were kind of glass. And outside of that was Phil's bedroom. So he would constantly say, like, I can see people walking around. They're calling my name. They're telling me to do stuff. He tries telling the mom and the mom once again is like, shut up. It's your cancer. You're seeing things. It's just the meds. And he's like, no, I'm really seeing things. And she's like, stop. You're trying to just influence all the kids and turn them against me. And she's just being kind of a bitch. Um, she, I, I do believe she literally said it's just your cancer as, as an excuse. Which yeah, it's pretty wild to say to anybody, let alone your own kids. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, by the way, I just want everyone to know that's 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 watching and Mike and Joe that when I rub my eyes like that in distress, it's I've these fucking people are just like out of control. It's it's about the story, not about anything else. So because I just like did the most so, exaggerated like eye rub, like because these people are fucking <laughs> insane. I don't know what the fuck they're thinking or doing. It makes me nuts. Sean, it we haven't even begun yet. <laughs> it, it it gets Little, it gets a lot a worse before it gets better. <laughs> so after um, Carmen just like tells uh, Phil to just leave me alone with this bullshit, like you're just imagining it, Phil starts to just downward spiral. He starts just like withdrawing from people, constantly fighting with his siblings. He's just being a complete and utter menace to everyone and in the, the and- family. <laughs> And they make they make a point to highlight that he starts listening to heavy metal music, which which yeah, cracks he would I, up. He'd isolate. <laughs> I, well, I during the research it showed one of his journals, and I was going to write down the poem he wrote, but unfortunately I didn't. Like he'd write in a journal just this weird stuff about like making out with like dead bodies and stuff. So he was which again off he's the deep living end. in a funeral home. He's yeah, yeah. I mean. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that is a turn, though, to make. Like, that really is, like, a, you know, I don't know. Um, Spiral, for sure. Joe, you, want, <laughs> you want to continue with the uh, the haunting? Uh, sure. So, uh, he, Phil is spiraling. Then we have Bradley and Tammy, who are reporting seeing shadowy figures fly, flying across the room that can go through walls and ceilings. Things that would go from looking like a lightning bug and then uh, instantly form into a full figure or silhouette of a person. So they are also starting to see things. A uh, little ghost in Superman pajamas would borrow stuffed animals and hide them, but they said he was a friendly ghost, which I take umbrage to people seeing apparitions and <laughs> dubbing them as friendly. I, mean, I like, I don't give no. a fuck if he's doing my homework, making my bed. It's Dude, a, a child ghost. A it's child a ghost in your ghost. house is terrifying. Dude, any any ghost is a fucking ghost. Like people <laughs> say shit like this all the time. Like I have coworkers and stuff that be like, "Oh, I have a ghost in my house." And I'm sorry if you're listening to this and like you have stories like this. Maybe I'm the asshole, but it's a fucking ghost. What are you talking about? I would be way, out of the house in a friendly second. Go- if you have a friendly ghost story, head on over to all yes, document all true. Please tell. Please tell us so we can mock you on on air. <laughs> 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 yes yes <laughs> um the kids tried telling their parents but their uh their mom wanted none of that and as you can see uh she is just a non-believer she's hardened and she wants nothing to do with any but of it's religious. also weird because she's incredibly like catholic and religious and her logic was like well i know god's real but the devil can't do things he can always just like uh put bad thoughts in your head. So there's well, no way uh, evil exists. I can tell you uh, as somebody who was raised very, very religiously with very religious parents, uh, my dad would uh, react the exact same way and have the same thought process. And he, he, he would not accept that there was e- like, if I told my dad there was an evil spirit, uh, he, he'd probably <laughs> kick me in the nuts. You know, <laughs> fuck is wrong with you uh so i can kind of understand like <laughs> um i can understand uh what those kids are dealing with with carmen um the kids were, were were so freaked out by this that they would constantly leave the lights on which again something i can relate to 
really pissed off the dad because the electric bill started started <laughs> raising <laughs> significantly. Um, he removed the dad was so mad about it. He removed all the lights in the basement where the boys slept, which <laughs> and in the, well, it was actually the entire house. It wasn't just the basement. I I fucked up on the notes. It was he got rid of all the lights in the house. So so none of them. <laughs> so even him and his wife had to suffer. And they do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so there you have it. They, he removed – he was so sick of this shit, he removed every light in the house. But so, uh, worth worth pointing out that the kids were scared enough that they refused to turn lights off at any time. And that it – so much so that it raised the energy bill. You know, I like looking at, at details like that because to me, like, kind of gives credence to th- at least – somebody believing something is happening there. You know what I mean? Kind so, of like the right. Stories. So what? Uh, like, yeah. Like there, it wasn't like plotted. Right. Like no. uh, whether it's a ghost or not, somebody at least believes they're seeing something or somebody at least believes something weird is going on. Right. right yeah. Right. I mean, all the kids report seeing things. So it's primarily them and the mom's just like living in denial. Okay. There we are. So then the boys started sleeping upstairs because they're scared. Uh, the moms, the mom told them to cut the shit and sent them back to the basement. Uh, Carmen brought Phil to the doctor. They told Phil that his results look good and he's in remission. But Phil honestly didn't really care because he was too concerned about what is going on at the house they just moved into. Okay. Uh, Carmen, Carmen would set the table, would walk out of the room, and they would claim that the dishes would 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 be moved. They would they would. Not be on where she put them. They would not be on the table. All right. So uh, sorry about that. Um, had some technical difficulties. Carmen would set the table, walk out of the room. All the dishes would be moved or put away, and she would do nothing about it. She she would ignore it. It's business as usual for Carmen. <clears throat> A few nights later, the um, after after the dishes started started disappearing, the younger brother woke up to find his sister flicking on the light switch and giggling. Uh, then she ran upstairs. He followed. He told his parents, but they told him that's impossible because the sister was sound asleep in the bed and reminded him that the dad removed the light bulbs in the basement. So kind of like the movies that we just covered on the show, he's seeing a family member. They're doing something. Uh, he's confronting other people about it, and they're like, "That's that can't be. Uh, we see them right there, and all the lights are removed. Um. <laughs> Mike's note here is the ghost starts getting super horny. And that is an understatement because (laughs) everything to this point is a pretty, you know, run of the mill haunted house story. Right. From here, it takes a turn. Uh, These ghosts do start getting horny. And Carmen, the denier herself, claims that she got fucked by a ghost. Uh, Both, you know, regularly vaginally and uh in the butt (laughs) well hold on let do do you mind if i take over this part because there's a sequence i didn't put it all right so please do carmen carmen the night she's upstairs she's folding laundry and all of a sudden she feels like a pressure on her back and at this point that ghost just dives right in to her butt and just starts pounding away and Carmen is like this is weird this isn't right so she freaks out takes out out the house starts screaming running down the street does this ghost give up no smashing into her the entire time she's running down the street can you just imagine what that would look like like you're in your house you hear a woman 
you look out and it's woman saying she's being butt fucked by a ghost while just frantically screaming, running down the street. I mean, yeah. I would lock my doors. <laughs> you know, that's, that's not going to like, you know, it's going to fucking hurt. Yeah. <laughs> so you think, you think ghost, you think ghost sex is going to hurt. I feel like it might not. Bro, what are you saying? I mean, how does she, if, okay. They're transparent. They walk walls. Yeah. But they leave behind they the, the energy of the cop. And she wouldn't feel it. She wouldn't be like, this This ghost is fucking my butt. She'd be like. You can feel the energy. There's the breeze. An energy dick. You are, You've never heard of him? Dude, dude, a fucking energy dick you would definitely feel. Like, <laughs> you're not going to feel the insertion like you would an actual penis, but you're going to feel the oh, energy God. entering your butthole. Right? <laughs> right? You'd be like, wow. Like Santa down a chimney. No. <laughs> like Santa down a chimney. Yeah. Yeah. You, <laughs> you know, you enter, dude, you enter a room and like the energy's off. You can feel it. So if, if, if a fucking ghost stick is entering your asshole, you're going to feel it. But it's not just going to be like if I entered your asshole. You know what I'm saying? Now, <laughs> at this point. Sensation. At this point, you'd assume Carmen would be like, all right, maybe these kids really are like telling me the truth and I need to listen. But no, she's just like, eh, nothing happened. So she ignores it. Cut to the weekend. Big Al just got home. He's hot. He's sweaty from work. He jumps in the shower. Little does he know that there's a ghost in the corner, probably sipping some wine, checking him out, putting on his little whitey tidies, thinking, damn, I got to get that. Al hops into bed, feels a little tickle on his butthole. Which then turns into aggressive thrusting and lasts for a couple of minutes. And finally, he rolls over to his wife after it's done. He's like, Honey, I think I just got butt fucked by a ghost. And she's just like, <laughs> <laughs> She's just like, Shut up. Don't be stupid. Go back to bed. That can't happen. And he rolls back over and goes to sleep. Which one of these people is worse? <laughs> <laughs> They are all so terrible to each other. And Phil's just in the basement praying for death. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, he's in the right place for it. What a fucking nightmare. He's got to be like, this sucks. So at and this point... What's, it, what's interesting, though, is that uh, sex with ghosts, or, or at least sexual encounters with ghosts, dates back for fucking centuries. You know, succubi and, and incubi. And, and uh, the, the legend of La, La Llorona. I I'm butchering it, so La, I'm sorry. But yeah, La, yeah. it's the double L-R-O-N-A. Plus, you also have, uh, what's it, Lilith, who was the first allegedly wife all, of Adam, who was also a succubus. All seductive entities. Uh, stories of this have occurred as long as we've existed. So... You know, it's not, it, it sounds outlandish to say, but it's nothing, it's not a new concept here. It's not a new concept here. All right. So, yeah, they pretty much are like, eh, that was probably just nothing, even though you'd clearly know it was something. And so they just ignore it. Um, a few nights later, Tammy gets home from a hot date with the guy she is seeing. She goes up to her bedroom. Gets in bed and she notices a ghost starts feeling up her tits and she's not cool with that. So she runs to Carmen's room, freaking out, screaming, saying a ghost is like attacking me. And at this point, Carmen's just like, these fucking kids. So she's like, I'm just going to grab my Bible and go pray over Tammy and she'll 
realize this is all bullshit. So she goes in, Tammy puts on a rosary bead and Carmen's sitting there praying when she sees a hand go up Tammy's shirt and start feeling on those boobs again. And at the same time, she sees the rosary beads lift off her neck and then just explode in the air and break on the ground. And at this point, she's like, okay, I believe you. We got to call someone. Damn. Yes. So, so now there's multiple sexual encounters from multiple people within this house. And just the adults, not the kids. We should preface Not the that. kids. Yes. Yes. Um, and Carmen has finally become a believer after, after all of that. So I, I guess I mean fucking <laughs> now I think it's worth saying who who's a who who are we getting this information from, Mike? These these accounts are from the mouth of Carmen right. herself. So my main sources were I read a couple articles, I watched the Sally Jesse Raphael interview where Great it had interview. the whole family had the whole family recounting, and then there was also a documentary that all the family members took part in. I think is a bonus feature for when the movie came out in 2009, where they recount like the true events of it. So it was going back and forth through those three and then just finding the facts that all lined up. And I put it in there that way. That's so insane. it's directly from them. Directly from them. So, you know, while, while you're listening and, and trying to make your own judgment, I think it's important to know that it's coming from them and to kind of try and judge their character and, Watch some of those interviews. <laughs> the interview with Sally Jesse Raphael is so fucking good because for some reason they're sitting on a bed like like they brought well, a bed out on the show. Sean, Sean. sitting in the bed. They're, they're they're being interviewed on the on the uh, chairs and stuff like normal. And then when Sally Jesse wants to get into the uh, the sodomy of the ghosts, she makes them lay in the bed to almost like reenact what happened reenact as they as they getting raped by ghosts. What happened? <laughs> Good old Sally Jesse. Dude, oh, Al's recounter is so good. And this is the <laughs> shit we were watching while we were sick, by the way. Watch, dude, watching Sally Jesse Raphael talk about ghosts accosting grown adults while they and lay in bed. And then, and she, dude, she does not let like, them forget it. She brings it up like three or four times. The way that they're laying is so fucking ridiculous. Like, you're on TV. Get a grip. Like, sit up in the bed. You know what I mean? Like, My favorite thing was... And every time, like, the dad would talk, it wouldn't just say, like, Alan. It would just say, Alan was sodomized by a ghost. Like, just flashing <laughs> across the screen, just so no one would, like, forget. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, and that's on YouTube for anyone that wants to uh, check that out. Cool. Carry on, Mike. I was going to say, take it away with how they execute solving the problem. Okay. So, uh Carmen is now a believer. Did you did you cover? Did you say anything about the crucifixes in the house starting to disappear? Yeah, they started to disappear, and when that happened, the star, um, haunting started to ramp up. Okay, and then uh, the car. Alan Alan claims that his car came alive and drove into the building where he was working. So at this point, three hundred and six miles away. So at, at this point, he believes the the entity is following him. It should um, also be noted he used to drink a bit during that uh, time, too. Very, very good detail to include here. Yeah. Uh, so now Carmen's a believer. Alan thinks the thing's following him. They couldn't move out of the house, which seems like a pretty simple solution. Although, I guess Alan having a ghost follow him would kind of make that irrelevant anyways. But uh, they couldn't move out because they couldn't afford it. 
And uh, hold on a second. I just thought of. All right. So they have a house in upstate New York that they own, but they want to be closer to the hospital. So they start renting the house. If they already have a house in upstate New York, why would they keep renting it? I mean, I think ultimately you just. Uh, I mean, I assume he still has to do hospital like checkups. I'm just going to assume it's for checkups at the hospital or something like that. Okay. I mean, I think you really just blew the case wide open. In my personal opinion, uh, <laughs> it's that these people are fucking idiots and full of shit. But um, who do they call? They call their old buddies from Connecticut, Ed and Lorraine Warren. Our buddies. All right. So the family's on board for the most part. How's sis doing? We we never hear from her again, or hear from the other brother Alan, or the other niece that's there. They oh. just play no part in the story. They just exist in the house, I guess. Okay. Again, I think um, you know might might lend some clues to the validity of this family and and their storytelling. But uh, they call up our, our buddies, the Warren, the. How how would you describe the Warrens, Mike? Famous ghost hunters. Um, Lorraine's claim she's a clairvoyant, and Ed is a demonologist. Yes. Are they widely uh, respected in the church community? I believe they are, and yeah, I believe with the church. I mean, you have their people that like them and people that don't like them, but I think for the most part, think- they're mostly accepted as like the best ghost hunters you can get. I think they're pretty polarizing and I think so because in terms of like ghost hunting, I mean, I, I enjoyed always hearing about anything that the Warrens did. You and I went and saw them when we were younger, Mike. Uh, but, yeah. You know, a lot of things come out about the Warrens. This case, no exception that tends to point to the fact that they might skew things for their own benefit or encourage others, or maybe, maybe gloss over some details um, that, might hurt the case that they're trying to promote so but they did do the amityville horror um another much maligned case and this is pretty fucking similar across the board to the amityville horror so it makes sense that they would be called uh the warrens believe that the previous workers at the funeral home would have sex with the corpses That, that was the conclusion that they came to which uh you know, I guess that would make sense if you have a bunch of horned up ghosts that are committing sexual acts to come to that conclusion that the yeah. previous owners were desecrating corpses and their souls are not too happy about it. Or, you know, they missed the previous owners. <laughs> that that tracks for me. That tracks. Well, I, I think it was shortly after that in one of the interviews, Ed was giving his theory of he what he thinks exactly happened. And according to him, there's absolutely no facts behind this. It's just what he thinks happened. It's just there was a more, yeah, he's just being Ed that it was a mortician that would uh, take the bodies, cut the toes off, then line them up at a giant round table to prop them up to play poker, where instead of putting money in the middle, he would just toss toes until, <laughs> as, instead of chips, until one night where he was playing, he started hearing noises. Uh, like Joe said, he also used to bang the bodies too. And then had a heart attack. So it theorizes that a lot of the spirits are the bodies he used to play poker with and bang. And he might be one of the uh, main ghost or demon that's responsible for the haunting. 
Now, Mike, does Ed have any proof that this guy did that with the toes? Oh, absolutely not. How the fuck do you discover that when, like, I feel like... <laughs> like, I was listening to it being described, and I was like, how... First of all, they're saying that he was in the middle of, like, a game of fucking poker, and he started hearing noise, and then his heart started racing, and then... He thought he saw something. How would and then he died. How would you know that? He was the only person down there. It was like the 1970s or shit. There wasn't cameras. Like it's not like he made a phone call to be like, hey, I just got finished yeah. banging a body. Now I'm playing poker. I think I'm having a heart attack, but I just wanted to let you know. Like, <laughs> no. This was the uh this was the mortician that was, uh, right, but this was the um influence this is what this story is what influenced oar to write that song that that was a crazy game. friendly game of poker yeah yeah it was a crazy game of poker <laughs> talking about the toe game <laughs> <laughs> well it checks out and now i'm back on board with believing it <laughs> right, uh, continue. the fucking the fucking gall on ed warren to just sit there and be like oh, that's I'm so nuts why would you even... coming up with the most idiotic thing <laughs> oh dude if you doubt ed warren he will straight up almost take like a swing at you like he has none of that shit oh, he like he, he would. will come at he you would. he's dead now so he won't but he <laughs> yeah yeah he's still alive he, um, like honestly to make up something that insane like just off the top of your head makes me doubt more of their shit because that's fucking nuts to say that out loud and be like well, how do you come to that conclusion and he's like don't worry about it <laughs> well that, that's <laughs> that's know. and and he stayed hit the warrens three researchers and three researchers stayed with this family for nine weeks and they wouldn't accept pay they did the same shit with the Amityville Horror House. They're like, I won't accept pain. I'm going to stay with you. But I'm also going to help you write this book. And then we're right. going to get fucking paid. Right. Uh, so they kind of have a track record of doing this. I know we're kind of getting into the doubt part uh, a little early here. But the, the Warrens always come with a bit of doubt to me. I, again, I find a lot they of this stuff really fascinating. They showed us uh, when we saw them, Mike, Mike and I, when we were younger, we saw them. They showed a video of an exorcism, was like excerpts. It was really well done. If it was fake, it was really well done. Yeah, honestly, you know, I'm I have not no sure doubt that they've seen some weird shit. But yeah, I'm not. I'm not either. But you know, they also claim they have. <laughs> fitting for all documented, all true. They claim they have an actual transformation of a of a werewolf on on film, but they couldn't release it to us yet. <laughs> Conveniently, all their footage always gets like lost or damaged right when they're about to put it out. I fucking love this. So the Warrens, uh, they stayed with them. They didn't want to accept the pay. They also suggested that an exorcism, uh, but of course, told the family to go public with their story because it would help get the church involved quicker. Or would help get you know the press involved quicker and their interest in book revenue quicker, but that's just my take on. Uh, so they, they suggested the exorcism and suggested going pro- public. The family reluctantly agreed in order to get the the haunting over with. Um, doing so made their lives considerably worse, and the family got harassed for going public with it. Oh. Which is something that we'll see that we see quite often when we talk about stuff, even with the aliens. You know, people like uh, Betty and Barney Hill, they did not want to go public with it out of fear that they were going to be harassed. I mean, that seems so fucking insane, doesn't it? Like, like, excuse me. Like, I wouldn't, like, you hear the story, you might be like, oh, wow, what a fucking bunch of maniacs. 
But most of you wouldn't fucking do anything about it. Imagine being so like, what the fuck? That you like start <laughs> harassing them. Just waiting outside their house, be like, you <laughs> fucking piece of shit liar. <laughs> so nutty, dude. <laughs> Different time. We talked about it uh on our Patreon episode. Yeah. We were talking about the black phone and how the 70s people just kicked the shit out of you for no fucking reason. <laughs> fucking <laughs> Pre-2000s, I guess maybe that was a thing. You had nothing else to do. So Go bully these fucking losers getting fucked by ghosts, you know? <laughs> I mean, that's what happened to all the kids. Like, they claimed that when they went to school, the kids would just kick the shit out of them and call them, like, ghost boy and shit like that. And then <laughs> you, no but you one know, wanted to hang out with them. You know, that I'm more inclined to believe. Like, ki- kids are mean. And back then, bullying was a lot more rampant than it is now. And your family is on the news claiming that you know they're they're having sex with ghosts well i mean i don't want to make you uh, want to get fucking kinda, ghost cooties yeah you know no no I, I but i'm saying if like you saw somebody if kids are fucking mean if you saw so, not like us like i know we wouldn't do that but there are kids who if they saw somebody's family on the news being like these ghosts are putting their ghost dicks in our mouths every single night those kids are – they're going to have a fucking field day. Are you kidding yeah, me? They're going to have a field day. Like people have – like if your mom is single and dates somebody, the kids are going to have a field day with your mom. You know, like if yeah, like yeah, she starts yeah. dating we, – we know – we have – we knew kids whose moms were single and were dating a teacher and at the school. And like they just baseball coaches. They just had a – and kids had a field day going after them. Can you imagine seeing them saying that stuff about ghosts? So Dude, now, now I'm back on board with the, with the bullying and the mocking. Hey, I heard your dad got butt fucked by a ghost. I mean, I mean you're, you're setting yourself up. It writes up itself, really dude. Yeah, that's that's terrible. And then what they like, like, like we talked about Sally and Jesse Raphael. I mean, you do yourself no fucking favors when you're that on interview Sally, did Jesse not Raphael, help. And you're anyone. laying in a bed, being like, "This happened to me." Like they're being <laughs> such mopes about it, Sean. It's unbelievable, and the uh, way that they're energy positioned... dicks. No, Sally, it's actually an energy <laughs> dick. It's not a full penetration. It's just an <laughs> energy that I feel in my anus. Well, a not little even, tingling. Not even that, but. One of the, my favorite parts about the whole interview is uh, just the way Carmen acts. The second, like, Alice is anything, if he's like, yeah, I was laying there and I got sodomized by a ghost, Carmen will instantly be like, oh, but I got sodomized first. He did it a lot harder to me. He did this and he did this and he pulled my hair and called me stupid and ugly. And I was like, yeah, okay. Every time <laughs> someone says something, Carmen's got to come back at it like 10 times harder. Yes. A yes. very questionable dynamic there i guess i would say yeah very questionable and for somebody who you know seemed to doubt it for most of its occurrence really hams it up and really goes hard with uh this happened to me and it happened to me the worst so yeah take that for what you will uh so church agrees to do an exorcism which is kind of surprising to me because i always like you always hear you or you always read that it's like the last thing that a church is going to do. Like that, that's always the last option. People I, I've read things of people having like ridiculous proof that something might be wrong in the church being like that. We don't perform exorcisms unless it's like really wild. But right. uh, I think they limit it. Like they never, ever sanction them unless it's like an emergency according to them. Yeah. And uh, somehow this one was deemed worthy of an exorcism. Uh, the church agreed to it. It was performed by three priests and three deacons in Latin, Hebrew, 
in English. The family signed a non-disclosure agreement not to share the actual ritual with the public, which makes sense when you're doing a, a sacred uh, ritual. I have no problem with, with that information. And the siblings were not allowed to attend. They were too young to do this. Uh, so I find this to actually be the most interesting point in the story, like personally, because uh, like we just said about the church agreeing to do it, it's kind of rare. Having to sign an NDA is is pretty significant. Um, and the thing that like, it's going to sound crazy to say, the exorcism itself is the most anticlimactic thing ever. It's the most non-Hollywood exorcism of all time. It was just, they performed the exorcism. Super boring. The house was shaking. Uh, it was colder in the house during it. Ed got chest pains. They said amen. And then the house was fine. And that, that's the end of it. That's the end of it. And that makes me believe the exorcism more so because if they were like, oh, the head started spinning around and they were spider walking down the stairs, I'd be like, all right, get the fuck out of here. Like, so pretty much the house the house got dark and ed got a fucking charlie horse and that's it <laughs> ghost gone yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so the fact that it's not glamorous uh i find that pretty interesting and the fact that they had to sign the nda um i think it's a pretty pretty neat fact yeah that's cool so after the exorcism and again, very anticlimactic. There's, there's honestly not much else I can even remotely say or stretch into anything of interest for anybody listening. Uh, that, that was, that was it. So they waited for six days after the exorcism to make sure that it worked, and uh, I guess it did because the family moved out. <laughs> so six days later, they're done. They're good. Uh, I think it fucked my ghost in a while. Everything's kosher. Let's pack up and go. Even though we didn't do that in the first place because we couldn't afford to, but you know what? Six days, a lot of things can happen, I guess. So they, they hit the road. They moved to Tennessee, and they wanted nothing to do with the haunting from that day on. Uh, except Carmen for the books, lo- the movies. Except for the books and the and movies the and interviews. the talk show and the talk show. <laughs> and uh, Carmen dedicating her life to helping ghosts. <laughs> she, she becomes his spiritual leader. <laughs> It's true. It's true. But they still have maintained that they moved away because they want nothing to do with the haunting. <laughs> okay. Fair. Fair. Yeah. Uh, Carmen, in an interesting turn, uh, she thought the Warrens were fucking pricks. And uh, she severed ties with them because she felt they only wanted notoriety and they didn't give a shit about her and her family afterwards. So. Okay. Well. Pretty on par from what you hear from the Warrens, but also interesting because Carmen kind of seemed like she wanted the notoriety. Maybe it was just too, they couldn't agree on what stories to tell and stuff, or maybe she really felt that they didn't actually care for her family. I I, I don't know. But the weird thing about it, though, is because the Sally Jesse um, interview took place two years after the haunting, and the Warrens are on it with them, and they're like best friends. Carmen's like, they're the best people in the world, blah, 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 blah. And then the second the show ended, Carmen's like, fuck those people. Those old <laughs> assholes. Like, they didn't do shit for me. So it's kind of interesting how she, like, goes back and forth. Like, she doesn't really keep a straight story. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. So they're, they're gone. They're in Tennessee. They moved out six days later. Um, Lorraine said it was just another case for them. They were a nice family who stuck together. But business is business. So we moved on. Uh, Philip uh, went into remission and he had a family and he lived until January 9th, 2012. Uh, he died in Tennessee where they were. They, I guess they stayed there 
forever. Uh, 2002, as we talked about, there was a TV special called The Haunting in Connecticut. 2009, the movie came out under the same name. Uh, some of the neighbors are still mad after the movie, like we talked about, because people started showing up. And uh, they are of the belief that Carmen convinced herself and the family was haunted, which I said earlier, I kind of think, at least the kid, you know, maybe it was the, the adults manipulating the kids, but I do believe some, if not all the family members legitimately believe something happened in the house. Um, whether it was just the kids, whether it was just the adults or whether it was the adults manipulating the kids, there are some family members that I think really think that house was haunted. So right. take that for what you will. Uh, I mean, Mike, way, well, I yeah. guess I'll, save it for later. I'll save it for later. I was going to ask, I believe I read this. And I, I didn't look farther into it because I was reading it at work. Didn't one of the neighbors end up moving into the actual house? All right. So because they, they doubted it so much, and they're like, "Fuck these." I people, believe so, but at the same time, there is um, also a woman living in the house. Like the top floor of the haunted house had a apartment, and a woman lived there the entire time. The Snedekers were in there, and she's like. Wait, 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 wait. I thought that was after. Wait, wait. No, no. I thought, was... I thought after there was a two it became a two-family house. No, no. You're, you're saying um... while the ha- while the hauntings were happening, there was just somebody upstairs who was just living their day-to-day life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that ghost doesn't butt fuck me. <laughs> it's probably her, but uh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did anybody, did anybody... Do any investigation of them? What visitor she had? Like, what? Well, she said she didn't... I don't believe she said she heard anything. She heard them yelling from time to time. And then there was another woman who just hated the Snedekers because they constantly brought, like, people to the neighborhood. They were loud. And this lady was, like, fucking OG Karen. Like, she documented everything. Like, when it shows her being interviewed, she has a binder like this thick (laughs) of just like, Oh, October 3rd, a car drove by its blinker was out. Kids were walking by. So every time the Snedekers would bring something up, like, yeah, on August 14th, like our house started shaking. The bulbs were like exploding and ghosts were like screaming at us. She'd be like, you're a liar. It was a garbage truck dragging a train or a chain. And they'd be like, no, no, I was attacked. No, it was a garbage truck. So, yeah, the people in the neighborhood fucking did not believe it, and they hated them. She could be a disinfo agent. That's what I'm thinking. I'm just saying. She's a plant by the government to discredit the story. Fucking notes? What do you fucking do? Who's crazier? Like, what the fuck? She is. is. What the fuck are you taking notes for? She she Why would you write down what time a garbage truck went by? She did what? She also had a scrapbook of all the articles about the uh, family in there, too. Yeah, she's certifiably nuts, and she's a disinfo agent. I'm actually, I am now on board that this is a true story. Yeah, I'm a little bit. <clears throat> yeah, maybe the Catholic Church Center. But the, I mean, the Catholic Church would want this to be true because they performed a successful exorcism. Yeah, it reflects good on them. Like they came to a family in need and helped out. Okay. Listen. This lady is full of shit uh, and a fucking loony tune. And I just keep thinking about the NDA. Like NDAs always make me be like, what? You don't sign a non-disclosure agreement if there's like, I don't know. 
you don't people don't just go and be like hey i'm gonna do this incredible hoax and then you're gonna sign this you have to get like no no notaries like legally binding yeah word i don't i don't know how to say legally binding language like it's held up in the court of law you can have the shit suit out of you if you it's also just so weird that they would need an nda because they didn't want them to like recite the ritual to anyone it's in fucking hebrew and latin and and they'd have to memorize it there what do you yeah insane like carmen's not memorizing shit i mean i mean i guess it would prevent them from videotaping but you could also just be like yeah yeah at that at that time they had the my parents my parents would bring that shit to our baseball games and like football games you know you're 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 poor like a lumbar like, holding that shit up for, it's like holding like a mini bathtub on your shoulder no wonder people have such back problems now. <laughs> anyway uh they weren't videotaping shit um, no they they actually the warrens did videotape and document uh everything that occurred in the house but conveniently it all got destroyed in a flood at the warren's house you know what i think i hate the warrens oh no doubt no doubt i used to really <laughs> like them i used to really like them but this story has really soured me like this is honestly <laughs> pissing me off because this is how it is for all their stories that, yeah i guess i just never knew that so we have we have some doubts some more doubts that we'll get into uh ray garton he's the one that wrote the book haunting mm-hmm. in connecticut mike yeah. Oh, we should also add the two um, other facts that Carmen and Al divorced in 2005. Oh, yes. yes and yes. Ed died in 2006. Dude, the fact that they lasted to 2005 is fucking out of control. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I agree. That's fucking nuts. I thought you were going to say like 93. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they weren't like, a good what couple. do you have to divorce over at that point? After all you've been through, what do you I mean, I guess that's the end true. of your life? Thank God. <laughs> Yeah, and Ed died the next year. And she went on to become a spiritual advisor. Yes. Whatever the fuck that is. <laughs> so we have we have Ray Garten. Uh, he's the author. We have the testimony of the author hired to write the original book, which was called In a Dark Place, for the Warrens and, and the family. Um, Garten eventually went on the record to say that he was not only given conflicting stories from the family – but he was given directions from old Ed Warren to ignore those conflicts and to sensationalize the story. Uh, the, the family thought that he was an asshole. He only spoke to Carmen once. For, and this is the author you're talking about, right? Um, the family yeah, thought yeah. that the author was an asshole. Uh, yep. the, the author only, only spoke to Carmen once for five minutes. Uh, they were actually, the family was very against this book and a lot of his details were bullshit and they felt that it was, this book was being written for the sole purpose of discrediting the family. So even right here, we have two conflicting stories. The author is saying that the family is full of shit and that Ed Warren is like sensationalize this, use what, whatever information they give you and make it a story. The family is saying this guy is a piece of shit. He only talked to us for five minutes and they felt that he was put there to write a story that specifically discredited them. Now, I actually tried to read his book or listen to it on Audible, and I got through the first two chapters and I had to turn it off. It is <laughs> so poorly written. It sounds like a shitty R.L. Stein book. <laughs> like the way he writes, he's like, Philip was in the basement. He calmly sat down in the bed. He realized his jeans were a little dirty and he probably needed to wash them. <laughs> Wait, what's that? 
what just walked by my head? Like it, it's <laughs> fucking terrible. <laughs> yeah. Well, Mike's uh, not alone in that thought because the book was taken out of publication and uh, it was never listed as based on the true story. So <laughs> maybe this guy's not the best doubter. Uh, okay. But another also, weird thing really quick is back to the Sally, Jesse, Raphael interview, the Warrens and the Snedekers are both praising the book. They're like, this book is so good. It's so factual, blah, 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 blah. And then once they're done with the show, they claim that it's all bullshit. And then everyone's got grudges. And once again, it's, it's hard to tell like who's lying and just who's full of like telling the truth. It is. Um, it is, it is hard to kind of like take all this information and be like, well, who's, who's the least insane in this story? Right. Cause right. every moving part is fucking bizarre. Insane. Uh, and it gets it keeps getting more and more complicated. Like the, this author uh, also claims that the oldest son had a drug habit, drug habit, using LSD frequently. Was this is this Alan Mike? Is this, uh, Alan this Mike? is this is Phil, and it actually was. Oh, confirmed. oh, it's Phil. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So this was confirmed. Like the author claimed that he had a drug habit, and back to the interview again. One of the um people in the audience are asking questions and it's actually a neighbor who used to hang out with Phil and he brought it up. He's like, yeah, do you know your son used to do like a ton of drugs and come over and be like, Hey man, I can get whatever you need. I know he's do acid. And then he ended up having like schizophrenia and she's like, yes, my son has problems, but don't we all. So that part is confirmed. He was doing a ton of LSD, which is kind of weird for a 14 year old, but (laughs) do what you got to do. And again, it reminds me of the original story of the murders in the Amityville horror house. The guy that killed his family. uh, Yeah. Said that, you know, a demon came and gave him a gun because he was also tripping balls all the time, using heroin all the time. claiming They were seeing things. So, okay. So yeah. So Philip was doing that. And with his, you know, cancer, treatment as well um so the mom just thought that phil was like influencing everyone and his brain was all fucked up but she actually called the doctor to be like hey my son's hallucinating he's scaring all the kids he's seeing shit the doctor's like listen bitch it's not the meds (laughs) they don't have any side effects and she's like oh okay and then she continued ignoring phil until the incident that made her believe (laughs) how crazy yeah, and a lot of the other doubts uh, we kind of covered already about the people. There's somebody living upstairs. Nobody outside the home ever reported to seeing anything. Uh, nobody who visited the home reported seeing anything out of the ordinary. Um, a lot of people didn't think it made sense that all of a sudden it's now super haunted and needed an exorcism that quickly. Uh, we already talked about the neighbor. Somebody claimed that that the family fell behind on the rent on the rent and once they started falling behind on the rent that's when the ghost claims started okay so maybe an ulterior motive there uh during the time of the haunting the police got multiple calls about the house but none of them had anything to do with it being haunted or ghost it was all just domestic related right mike yeah yeah pretty much uh lorraine warren uh, you already said that she claims that all the documents related to the hauntings were destroyed in the basement flood uh the current owners of the house put out a statement saying we have lived in our house since 1998 we are raising our kids here to us the stories couldn't be farther from the truth this These is are people that not, live in the house now yeah now. this is not simply a house but a home we have never experienced anything unusual in our home respect our privacy i what get is, the respect our privacy part you got exercise what the fuck <laughs> it got actually it, it got exercise. i mean 
I, I honestly do have a problem with that statement because like people could just make that claim for anything, right? Anything weird that happens, you could just go to that same spot and be like, well, it's not happening to me. Yeah. You know? So uh, I, I think they're more saying that because people were going to the house after the movie. Perhaps um, your anus isn't as inviting as <laughs> it's true. Somebody else <laughs> doesn't have a sweet ass like Al. You need a little gap to get that energy peen in. So I told you in the beginning, when I drove by that house, uh, if there's going to be a haunted house on that road, it's going to be that one. <laughs> Even to this day, they, those people, these people did nothing. <laughs> nothing oh, yeah, like, and also, that. like, take care of Made no house. effort to change it. Us. Like, <laughs> dude, if you lived in a haunted house, wouldn't you do everything in your power to make it like the most fucking like bright and bill ass fucking yes. house? <laughs> yes, of course you would. Somehow they made it worse looking. <laughs> 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 they put Halloween decoration. I, you know, I'm not. I'm not gonna trash these people. They're probably fucking fine members of society. Fucking your <laughs> fucking neighbors, bro. <laughs> Come over and beat the shit out of you. <laughs> like to see them try. Um, yeah, <laughs> and I mean that in the way that you would fucking kill them. But yeah. um, <laughs> anyway, I, I think if we're gonna go the doubt route, which I mean, of course we're gonna go the fucking doubt route. What are we talking about? Ghost. One of the uh, one of the neighbors but... actually came to uh, the defense and was like. Yeah, um, Tammy, who is the niece of Carmen, came over to my house, and my dad was making fun of her, and he's like, hey, bitch, where's your ghost? Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, the table flew up and threw went like across the room, and so the house is totally haunted. But the entire time she's doing this, she's like combing her hair and shit, so I think she's pretty much just like trying to get attention. <laughs> yeah. Everyone I, I think- in this is just like suspect. Uh, everyone in this is suspect. Uh, you know, ghost stories for me, I, I have a way easier time believing the alien abduction stories than I do believing ghost stories or exorcism stories, uh, especially ones like this. And I think like the most damning thing in my eyes is their inability to really keep the same story. Whereas last week's episode, we talked about Betty and Barney Hill. They are every time they talked and they even had, you know, hypnotic therapy in their sleep. Their story has stayed the same. Karma's kind of all over the place, bouncing all around. And actually, Carmen kind of reminds me of what we talked about Betty Hill in her later years, where she just wants to, all she wants to do is talk about aliens and be like, yeah, is that a UFO? And it's just a fucking streetlight. Um, so Carmen, she seems like she really wants the attention. But that's also not to say that she didn't actually experience something and then in turn is loving the attention, just wants to keep you know, she experienced something. She got put into the limelight, and now she wants to keep that train rolling. So, yeah, it's not. I don't think that's the most unreasonable thing, but that is kind of damning to me that their stories change a lot. So, Sean, we gave you a lot of information. What are you thinking about the the haunting in Connecticut? So, <clears throat> okay. So, one thing I want to say is. I think the kids, there was a point that you had made earlier. I'm trying to think about what it was. Um, But it was basically like questioning the kid's story. And I I think kids can like ramp each other up, like over over ghost shit. 
So sure. Oh, we also forgot the shower curtain used to attack people too. Oh. No, I forgot that. All right. <laughs> so I guess so. Ed Warren is a piece of shit. Yeah, right. pretty much. Yeah, well, we can conclude that. <laughs> but I think bad. I think Ed fucking dictating to an author what to write is not necessary because, like you guys are saying, like the Catholic Church came in, made him sign an NDA, and then was like, or I'm sorry. Did Ed and Lorraine make them sign the NDA or the Catholic Church? No, the, the church. church did. Okay, church. so the church comes in, signs an NDA, and like you guys said, it's the most boring story of all fucking time. So I think separately, Ed doing that might actually be evidence about... But that's also alleged. That's what the author said, but a lot I of actually, people I claim the, the author, author is full of shit. I think, I think the author is real. I don't think the author had anything to gain... I think, well, he never went to the house. He never talked to any of the family members except for Carmen once for five minutes. He didn't talk minutes. to the Warrens. He didn't right. like reach out to anyone. So how would he know all these facts? It's not like he was going online, like he, researching it. He got it from fucking dickhead Ed. <laughs> no, he never, he didn't talk to Ed. Ed, Ed, said, Ed is saying he didn't talk to the Warrens. Yeah, yeah. The author didn't talk to anyone that was involved with the haunting except for the Carmen author is, once. well, so, so that's, that's where we have to kind of, you know, do due diligence to see what we believe. The author is saying that Ed's like sensationalize this. Ed and the family are like, this guy has never talked to us, and this guy is put here to discredit this whole story. From my brief reading of the the book, it almost sounded like he heard certain points of the story and then just filled in a bunch of shit to connect them. Like he knew that the kid had cancer, they moved to the house, it was an old funeral home make up some stuff, make up some stuff. Then, oh, they said this happened and then just kind of go from there. I think he was just like filling in the blanks after facts that he heard or allegedly heard. Here's I'll also I mean. play devil's advocate here for one quick second because I don't like, I, I do think Ed is kind of full of shit and I do think- Ed Oh, 100%. Is, I, I, I think Ed and Lorraine are out for Ed and Lorraine. But that said, like say, say the three of us saw a ghost right now and all it did was fucking appear and then, like, wink its eye at us and disappear. We're gonna want to. We're gonna want to get that news out to people, right? Yeah. And like, you can't. Well, who's who's screaming? You, like, you have on. to. You you have to fucking embellish that a little bit if you want anyone to get any interest, right? Like, and you have to make about, it. We talked about memory too. We talked about memory too, and it's like their memory might be like way fucking different. Because can you imagine how long that must have felt like lasting? Like how long that must have felt like it lasted, and the it probably lasted like two seconds. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So some like one of them might have felt like it lasted two seconds, and one of them might have been like, "This is a fucking eternity." Like, what is happening? What is inside <laughs> me right now? You know what I mean? Uh, so that's a good point as well. So I don't, I don't think even if Ed did reach out to the guy and was like, "Put the story out here, but make it fucking interesting so people buy it." I mean that's a business move. I, I don't do, think. That's do you think Ed's getting paid for it though, or no? So here's here's where my quick thought is on this. I think, I think um, maybe he did have a conversation with Ed, kind of, and Ed did give him like, hey, sensationalize it. But I think maybe Ed was like, don't use our fucking story. That's our fucking story. But like, make a different story up, type of thing. And then that's probably why the book gets pulled later is because fucking Ed 
probably sued the fuck out of him. Well, no, it's weird because like I said, in the interview, the Warrens and the Snedeker family, both are saying like, oh yeah, we have this book coming out called Into the Darkness or In a Dark Place and it's really good and it tells our story. And then shortly after it got pulled because everyone else was like, oh, this is bullshit, like including the Warrens and the Senecas. So right. it almost seemed like their they, story, dude, they, this guy probably claimed he was writing like a novel or something. The whole <laughs> thing just sounds like a money grab. <laughs> like they come out with this elaborate ghost story. They start promoting it like this happened, this happened. They have a book coming out. People are going to want to buy it to find out what's going on. And then they pull it which is makes it even more sought after and people right. are going to want to learn even more about it. So that, at least that's what I'm starting to that get. Thing makes a, that, that makes a fucking mess out of this whole fucking story. But did people like nobody, nobody was like, I got to read this band book. And no, yeah, no, it. I don't think yeah. anyone did. I think they probably <laughs> only sold like 700 copies, but I mean, <laughs> 700 copies in 1988 is yeah, probably like $750. All, all now, but... So he could fucking hawk them at his fucking <laughs> speeches and shit. Um, all right, this is this is a tough one because I really want to lean towards it happened because it's it's not a good enough story to be fucking made up. It's just not a fucking like the anal stuff is wild. Maybe they, I mean that if that's gonna catch people's attention and make them stand out compared to another uh, ghost story, or it's just a mom profiting off her cancer ridden son who thought he saw a ghost once, but and just ran with the story. <laughs> But, but it, in 86, are, are we sure somebody's going to willingly like go out there and think that saying anal sex is going to get them higher mileage out in the world? Because at that time, shit's pretty censored. I would be like, they're not going to tell this story. Wait a minute. What year did Poltergeist come out? Uh, 80, is it 82? It's 82. It, it turned 40 this year. Yeah. I didn't say it's kind of similar to that. I mean, they move into a house. They don't realize that. Well, I mean, Aunt Poltergeist thing had like dead bodies because it used to be a cemetery. This yeah. one used to be a funeral home. I mean, it's kind of similar. They bring in ghost experts that are very much like the Warrens. I mean, <laughs> it's just kind of similar storyline, just with Old more Zelda based on Edward. <laughs> Zelda kind of looks like a taller or a shorter Ed Warren. <laughs> That's fucking amazing. Um, I don't know, man. I, I, I think I believe, I think I believe the fucking story, but there's just so much fucking going on. There's just so much going on. However, I actually do believe the fucking story is not matching up. I think that it actually gives me more belief in it being true. And it's similar to Betty and Barney because even though there's lined up like really well, they said there were discrepancies, right? And like, yeah, that shit's going to happen. If they came in like with a perfectly matched story, would you be like, holy shit, that's exactly what happened? Like the kids are doing other bullshit. Like how, how would they know what's fucking going on? Well, I mean, when every right. time I've seen them be interviewed, they do sound kind of like rehearsed. So, I mean, I'm not saying I believe in ghosts, but if anything, I think the most logical thing is they moved in, they experienced maybe one or two like minor things, and then they just embellished everything. And yeah, and I'm with, <laughs> I get that. <laughs> I agree with that completely too. Like that's the other part of it. That's hard to do is like going on Sally Jesse with a fucking bed 
<laughs> it's so good. That's fucking. <laughs> you gotta men- watch it. That's fucking mental, dude. That's fucking mental. Um, Speaking of mental, uh, while you guys were, were talking, that I was pulling up sodomy laws in the United States, uh, and 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 just sodomy in general. Like you, you know, there, there's different laws where you know targets same sex uh, same sex relationships. This is just straight sodomy in general, regardless of who it's with. It used to be like punishable by death back dude, in the dude, day, dude. It's still there are still laws in place that technically. If like they found a loophole, and the reason I'm looking that up is because like they really went hard with the butt sex angle, which seems like in yeah. 1986 that, that they're not like <laughs> this is making me believe them more because <laughs> like you're not gonna get publicity talking about that at that time. No, you people people were being jailed for it somehow. It's just fucking. <laughs> that's so fucking. Insane. I'm more curious, like how do you get caught? I mean, obviously, if you assault someone. That's one way of finding out, but it's not like, yeah. it's what like, oh, I, yeah, I hooked up with my wife last night and I sodomized her little butthole. Please don't tell the police on me. <laughs> you brag about your wife letting you slip it in once. <laughs> the police are at your door. <laughs> they yeah. got butthole alarms anytime there's an entry point. It just contacts the police kind of like an ankle monitor. Laws <laughs> are fucking weird. I know, right? All right. So um, to give our Patreon, sorry for the people listening on audio, but it's a fucking Patreon show. You're just getting it as a bonus. Um, let's let's fucking let's fucking bring this up real quick. Let's watch the fucking thing. The Sally Jesse interview. Yeah. Oh my I god. I mean, I know it's forty three fucking minutes. I the it's bed forty three minutes. Yeah. We have a bed here. Today. Yeah. Get to the bed part. This is when I saw it. I was so tempted to put it on my Instagram story, but I didn't want to like spoil anything. This is unreal. I'm, I'm so excited right now, dude. They dim the lights. Right. For them. Yeah, yeah. Just listen. I'd be sound asleep. I would. I would hear the music playing, and I would say to myself, "What is that?" And, and I would lie there for five or ten minutes and listen to it. <laughs> Along with the music, I could hear uh, three or four voices. There were uh, older men. Uh, chatting back and forth, back and forth. What did you initially think the music was? It uh, sounded like uh, old 30s music from a, an old uh, Victrola player. Uh, <laughs> he thought someone was in the house when all of this was going on. and he, He's I, an I audiophile. I used to get up every night, go down the stairs. Uh, first couple of times, I would just go down and start looking. But each time I went down, I started getting more and more nervous and, and, and afraid for some reason. I started bringing a, uh, a baseball bat with me. I started going through the boys' room, through the uh, uh, the, uh, the coffin room area where the chain uh, body yeah. lift was. No one is playing the radio, and the oh, boys are asleep. And everybody everybody would be sound asleep. It got to the point where I was I, I got so afraid, and when I was going down there, I started bringing a gun with me. <laughs> one night I woke up. I said, Wait, which was the um, the said, Superman uh, where the three like superheroes came down? Was it General Todd? Too. He, was, yeah, he, he looks like, like the main guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. When he'd go around the corner, and he would fire because he was so frightened sure. himself. This guy was just shooting guns in the fucking house. Yeah. Shooting at guns in the house with five or six kids same, running around. Yeah, we were never awake yeah. at the same time. At the ghosts. Would begin to vibrate. Yeah. And it would be a, a gentle vibration at first, and it got worse and worse. There were other things that happened. The bed is as Kelly said, had a pulse and a heartbeat. A heartbeat, yeah. And when 
when you were in your bed. That was old Phil Seniors. The Wang baby. And a heartbeat in the bed. In the bed. And, and you could feel it. Someone else could go up and touch it and feel it. People that had not lived in the house. And we had this thing that would walk they were just asking the people to come it feel the bed really small yeah. feet like a cat we didn't have a cat it would be as an adult male sitting the impression of the bed the feet were light but the weight of what the happened feet the were bed. about the size of this so they have leprechauns feet. in the house how you said something like else happened to you the, is very difficult to talk about even today night of passionate Can you, you share it with us yes uh one night we were, we were lying in bed. Carmen had uh, already had fallen asleep. Um, I felt a strange sensation coming over my body. It started at my feet and, 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 and started climbing up through my body. Before I had a chance to reach over to Carmen to tell her something was wrong, I was froze. I couldn't move. And then I felt this stinging uh, penetration in, in my uh, anal area. <laughs> and I, I was trying to scream and cry out to Carmen to, to help me somehow, and uh, I couldn't move. Um, after after a while, I don't know how long, uh, it, it, it had gone away. There was no more sensation. Uh, I woke Carmen up, and I said, Carmen, I, I think I was just sodomized by this demon. This happened to me as well, Sally. It was a, te a, a tedious kind of pain that happened. It was horrible pain. It was so penetrating and so much pain. There was no pleasure in this. And when it would take me, sexually assault me, it would laugh it with such pleasure. <laughs> it enjoyed what it was doing to me. And I was so terrified, I couldn't move. I could, it was the most crippling thing I've ever been through in my life, and I wouldn't wish it on anyone. Now, Michael, you actually. There's a, there's a, I'm going to make it after people. So, okay. So I'm going to make a claim. I'm going to make, I'm going to make a claim right here. Okay. Uh, it might be controversial. I would bully the fuck out of those people's kids. Fucking kidding me. I will, when you mentioned it before, I was thinking like, ciao. We would have totally made fun of them back in like school, but I didn't want to sound like an asshole. But yeah, dude, I 100 dude. How could you not even just walk by them and do the 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 evil laugh? Just leave like dildos in their locker with little ghost sheets over them. The post coital, the post coital laugh. Uh, this is this is silly. This is very silly. This is. Did you Not notice how right. Carmen jumped in Not going right. like a thousand miles an hour? Well, he uh, he sexually assaulted me a lot faster and a lot harder. Yeah, yeah. Shut up, shut up, Al. Yeah, it was long. And he laughed at me. He didn't laugh at <laughs> Like, it does feel a little fucking weird like that. It does. And that's the thing. Maybe some of the family, like, maybe Carmen had no encounters. But, like, I think I'm with Joe. I think something happened. At the very at the very least, there are family members who believe something happened. I think something happened, and I think no, I'm not with that. I think something happened, and I think they performed an exorcism. And whether who knows what that means, but like something fucking happened. I think. Uh, um, but I need to ask a question. Shoot, what's, what's the dad's name? Al. Uh, Alan. Alan. Yo. 
was Phil tripping balls snuck into Alan's room and just fucking diddled his little what them? This little chocolate. I mean, it's possible. <laughs> Phil was acting kind of crazy at the time, so he might have thought it was his mom and just slipped into his dad by accident. <laughs> oh fuck. Okay. A classic mistake. Why are all these haunted <laughs> house Twitch Like honestly, this honest, this shit honestly pisses me off. Because <laughs> like these ghost stories are really fucking good, and it's just then you look at the family members and you're like, oh, like you can't. Yeah, well maybe maybe the maybe the paranormal activity starts happening because the ghosts are just fucking sick. They're like, just put a normal family in this fucking house. Like, uh, <laughs> get this family out of here. I've been here for ten hundred years, and these people come in. They're all incestuous and tripping balls and fucking weird. Get them out of here. That's why the hauntings start. Yeah, and. And maybe here's another thought. This I feel is like the Snedeker's inspired so many different videos on like Pornhub. <laughs> this is a little out there, but like maybe these uh, psychotropic or I don't know what you call them, hallucinogenic drugs, maybe they open you up to. You know, well, allegedly, sh- like with um, third eye. With ayahuasca, there's been a bunch of claims where people who have tripped together have reportedly been able to like say they saw the same exact thing. So they, it's believed that it kind of like Joe said opens like your third eye and allows you to experience more. Like you're more it's open not, to stuff right. around you, and 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 not a, not a, you know, hallucination, but a just like an opening. Or, but 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 well, also maybe yeah. it makes you more susceptible to like. I don't know. Them yeah, I mean, any sort of drug kind of makes you more susceptible, probably more so with like hallucinogens. But it wasn't just um, Phil was the only one taking them, but there were other family members who would report seeing things at different times. But with that right. being said, put yourself in their shoes. You move to a new house. It's kind of creepy. It turns out to be an old funeral home. You're like, what, six or seven? Even if there's nothing there, you're going to see shit. Like your imagination is going to go fucking crazy. Yeah. Death is on your mind. Your your brother is, you know, struggling. Uh, people are probably talking about it. And, you know, there, there's ma- mass hysteria is real. Like, all it takes is one person to start really. Well, not even that. Disease. But, I mean, like, say we all lived in the same house. We're brothers growing up. Like, if you told me you saw one thing, that would scare the shit out of me. I'd be so paranoid that, like, the smallest thing I would think is, like, a ghost. Like, I think they were kind of, yeah. like, building each other up. And they're just yeah. seeing shit. That I'm going with there. I'm going with the somebody that the kids believe they saw something, and I I I can't wrap. I just the can't wrap my head around how theory. the Catholic Church they believe that uh, something happened, but they can't prove it. Yes, but I just can't wrap my head around how the the church deemed an exorcism. Well, was, some was neighbors made. claim that there was no exorcism; that they never saw any. <laughs> They said they never saw any priest well, going into the house. The neighbors are the, such the, fucking dickheads. The, the nosy neighbor had an article, and she's like, I went to the priest that claims uh, was there, and he said he never did any exorcism, and no priest told him about it, so you're a bunch of liars. And they're like, yeah, we brought a priest from a different town. Shut up. Yeah. So, so the street is on a street similar to mine, where it's not like, you know, it's not, not, not like a highway or nothing, but decent amount of traffic and it's not you know some neighborhoods are like cul-de-sacs you you can play in the street right like this our streets you cannot i would have no clue and and the house and the neighbors that are are set up the exact same as as the houses on my street i would have no clue 
who's walking in and out of anybody's house on my street other than my direct next door neighbor. And even then I would have to just be sitting outside the entire time to see who's coming in and out. So that claim, I don't really give a shit about. And, and, you know, we said disinformation agent, which seems a little silly to say and probably is a little silly to think. But I would believe all the fucking neighbors being like, shut this shit the fuck down. Like, and (laughs) decrease property value. Right. And one of the idiot neighbors being like, I wrote in a diary every day. uh, Oh, (laughs) tell me the date that they were there. Oh, yeah, that was a truck. Dude, I would be like, I'm never gonna sell this fucking house. You guys right. got, we gotta, we gotta end right. this now. Dude, wouldn't like the neighbor, and back then, like that shit was, dude. Back then, neighbors were like talking to each other and shit. It's not, yeah. you know, yeah, like, neighbors knew each other's names. Yeah, they I couldn't even tell you one person's name that I live next to. It fucking dude, key parties and ask, shit. Asking like, to borrow a cup of sugar. Ask to borrow <laughs> your Bigfoot neighbor asks to borrow. a a handful of garlic you know these are things that happen yeah yeah <laughs> i don't know so okay yeah ah, fuck man i don't know hey don't did know. you know that uh getting a blowjob was illegal in texas until 1974 <laughs> fucking dorks <laughs> 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 fucking bunch of nerds imagine imagine that shit <laughs> And I'd end up being the one that dates the one that's like, hey, I follow the law. <laughs> okay, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, definitely don't want to break the law. <laughs> uh, well, anything else on this? Mike, what did, Mike, did you give us your thoughts? What, what you think? Oh, Mike froze. Oh, shit. They got to him again. Knows, dude. Fuck. Dude, if Mike doesn't drop off every episode, I I might not do the show anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I drop now. out at the end of every episode. Um, well, I guess we'll wait for Mike. His, his Wi-Fi went out, so I guess we got to wrap it up. Uh, Is that what he Shout out to Mike. He did, yeah. He said my fucking Wi-Fi just went out. <laughs> so, and now he's texting me. So, um... The, yeah. the, they're on to dude another day of him not he asked me should i wear the uh tinfoil hat i said of course you fucking should and he's like but we're not talking about aliens this time I just, hey there's there's ndas and disinformation agents involved in this story you should exactly. always be safe uh i want to give my credit real quick while we wrap up uh he felt really bad about missing last week's episode or leaving early uh so he took the charge here and i i know mike is uh He's kind of stepping out of his comfort zone. He, he, he's really excited to be doing this. And I think he did a good job presenting the information and gathering all the facts. He was awesome. He was yeah. awesome. Um, I did write an outro, but I'd like everyone to just, you know, let's watch a little <laughs> the blow monkeys. <laughs> Sucks. Yo, this guy's face is a mess. Dude, this guy <laughs> looks like he's made out of clay, first of all. And what is this? What does he look like? This is the most. This song. That is the most dramatic fucking song. <laughs> or most dramatic singing like the shitty song. The face that he's making is so aggressive. Such fucking lame ass singing. Yeah. So that is all the time we have for this week on all documented, all true. Thank you all for joining us. Huge thanks to Joe and Mike, of course. 
and we will see you in a couple weeks for the next report on The Unexplainable. Yes. Thank you for listening. Yes.